Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. I'm Hussam. And I'm Guillaume. In this podcast, we are going through the fundamental concepts of corporate treasury, which I learned from my experience working at a big four consulting company. And you'll explain it in a way that someone like me who knows nothing about the topic can understand. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back, you. How are you doing? Hello, man. I'm good here. What about you? I'm very good. Hey, our podcast is really shaping up. Yeah, definitely. Quite happy about it. People are listening. Yeah. We've uh, even got some emails in. I don't know if I told you that. We did. People asking uh, about more information. Very good. And telling us how amazing we are. <laughs> oh, wow. Just that. Man, super really? nice. No, but so glad that is, uh, the podcast is getting listened to. That's super cool. Um, we obviously hope people are learning, right? Yeah. That's the very purpose of this podcast. And yeah, happy to carry on. Well, let's do that. Let's continue. So we uh, have taken everyone through, and you've taken me through, uh, the foundations of corporate treasury, right? We broke yes. it down into the four pillars, cash and liquidity management, corporate finance, financial risk management, and banking relationships. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, and you said something last time, which I asked you to go a little bit deeper on, and that's exactly what we're going to do today, mm-hmm. which was uh, talk more about hedging which yes. you talked under the financial risk management section. Right? So you said there was two types of financial risk, man- financial risk potentially, uh, interest rates risk and uh, FX so risk. Yes. Exactly. Uh, and you said companies hedge against that. So can you explain that concept to us today? Yes, um, absolutely, Hussam. So yeah, um, today we're indeed going to go uh, and do a deep dive into hedging. Um, just quickly, a little disclaimer and a piece of advice uh, for the people listening. We highly recommend to listen to the full previous episode uh, with the four pillars of corporate treasury. If not, at least the financial risk management part, because this is really the root uh, of the episode of today. So there are indeed two main financial risks uh, in financial risk management. The foreign exchange risk, right, when you are trading in different currencies, there are fluctuations between those different currencies' rates and therefore a risk of losses. And interest rate risks, um, so obviously interest rates depend on many factors. Long story short, they vary over time. Okay, great. So we said we would go into why companies would want to even mitigate that risk in the first place. So what does that mean, mitigating risks? Yeah. Uh, and why would a company want to do that? Yes, that's a, a very good question. So let's start by the why indeed. So mitigating a risk is um, diminishing as much as possible the potential effect of a risk, right? Mm-hmm. So you do not decrease the risk, you just decrease the effect it will have if mm-hmm. it occurs. So now, a very good question on the why. Um, so corporations, companies are, um, and I'm going to state the obvious, in the business of making money, right? Yeah. So anything that makes them lose money Uh, is something they want to avoid, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, um, something we didn't detail last time, but in financial risk, there is obviously the risk of losing money, but with every risk comes an opportunity as well. So they might also win some, right? So explain that to me. So how how that work in FX risk, right? So we said FX risk. Last time you gave the example... Uh, of having a company in the US and you said, okay, if the exchange rate goes the wrong way, you lose money. I understand that. Exactly. Um, But how do you earn money? Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, so, we indeed took the example of a French shoes manufacturer, as you very well described, having a client in the United States. Um, let's take the same example as, as last time. The US client is going to pay us 120,000 US dollars in a month, uh, which is, at the moment we are contracting, worth uh, 100,000 euros. Well, so we agree on a contract for in one month to receive 120,000 USD, whatever happens. So now, if the US dollar loses value, I need more US dollars to have the equivalent of one euro, the 120,000 US dollars will be worth less when I receive them than when I contracted, right? So I'm losing money in that case. But it can also be that the US dollars goes up against euro. What does that mean? Well, it simply means that in one month, it can be that one US dollar will then bring me more euros than it does at the very moment we are contracting. And in this scenario, I will win money in a month because 120,000 US dollars will bring, let's say, 110,000 euros or 120,000 euros even, this kind of thing. And exchange rates, they st overall stay pretty flat, right? Meaning mm -hmm. sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down. And that's probably, it could go either way, right? It's a coin exactly. flip. Exactly. Of course, there are macroeconomic events, mm -hmm. political events that can push it one way or the other. Yeah. But it's 50-50 it's almost, right? So very true. One thing I don't understand about all this, you mentioned earlier bank relationships and banks are involved in the hedging process and mm -hmm. we need to pay them money, etc. Mm -hmm. It all sounds pretty expensive and, and a lot of, there's a whole industry there that I don't understand why it exists. If it's 50-50, mm -hmm. you could go up, you could go down. On average, you'll stay flat. Yes. Right? So why do you need to put in the extra effort to have hedging mechanisms? Exactly. Man, this is very on point indeed. So it will obviously depends on many factors. But first of all, I'd like to say that some companies are actually taking the bet. Huh? Some company, mm -hmm. companies do that. They consider, okay, hedging is not for us. We do not want to either invest the effort nor the money. So we're just going to let the market flow and whatever happens. That exists. Um, now, indeed, most companies could think, okay, it's a 50-50, it's a gamble. Let's take it. Let's not bother. So this will highly depend on your risk appetite as a corporate, mm. right? Um, if you are willing to take risks with your business, with your money, it can like bring some fruits, definitely. So it's worth taking some time. But other companies uh, tend to go the other direction. So why is hedging important? There is a very fundamental principle for big corporations, um, which I think is important to break down here. What does a big multinational company want or even needs? Most of them, they need to grow, right? They need growth. Over the years, we always say, okay, we are growing yearly of that percentage of our turnover. They need to grow, ideally in a consistent manner, and preferably with expectable results. Now, most of those companies' leadership are not gamblers. They want certainty and predictability. Therefore, they will hedge themselves against risk of not earning as much or not enough money. Okay, so it's all about risk appetite. Exactly. Right? So yeah. uh, a company, companies that are known, let's say, as safe companies like Procter Gamble, or for other like, big companies that are known for that, mm -hmm. you know, the boring companies to invest in, this <laughs> is known, not the Teslas of the world. Yeah. You would say um, they're all about stability, they're low risk, they're more likely perhaps to hedge 
heavily. Exactly. Um, yeah. As opposed to other companies which are a bit more wild cards. Okay, that's exactly. interesting. And that's <clears throat> that's what you said there, right? Predictability of growth. Mm-hmm. So if I assume then you're aiming for a 5% uh, growth yeah. in the company, in your profits or in whatever else, revenues, then um, are you then risking not being able to go above that 5% just to secure that. So if I'm aiming 5%, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hedge everything for this 5%. Mm-hmm. Potentially even, uh, let's say, hedging myself out of gaining 10%. Right? Absolutely. But you secure the 5 Exactly. Exactly. So again, that's very on point. And this is um, worth for all the parts of the business, right? Not only the corporate treasury aspect of it. We're going to focus on this today. But indeed, some companies, and again, it comes back to the risk appetite. So they might sacrifice, between brackets, potential additional growth in order to secure the one they are targeting for. And this is especially the case of public companies, right? The one listed on the stock exchange. Why? Because they want investors to buy their shares or eventually want to buy their shares. Um, So... In order to do so, they want their shares to be as highly valued as possible. And this is uh, particularly the case of public companies, uh, the one listed on stock exchange. Why? Because they want their value to be as high as possible to um, make the investors believe it's a good company to invest in, uh, compound this effect in having a higher value, etc. So they want investors to buy and exchange their shares. Uh, and therefore, they want their shares to be as highly valued as possible. And they also want to distribute dividends, right, in a consistent, expectable manner. The key word here is reduce uncertainty and be predictable in the eyes of the world. So that's a really interesting perspective, right? So public traded companies where investors are watching them much more closely, mm-hmm. they uh, release projections at the start of the fiscal year or yeah. the start of the quarter even. Exactly. Um, they're not so much measured on did they beat those predictions, but how well are they, how good are they at predicting their growth and sticking to it, and therefore hedging becomes a really important financial metric then. Exactly. That's totally it. Yeah. Thanks.